Good morning, Stonebridge. Morning, Dad. Thank you. So right now there are people going, oh, it's Greg. And there are people saying, oh, it's Greg. You know who you are. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> My family's laughing a little too hard right now. Um, for those that may be new today or been coming just for a few Sundays, my name is Greg Picklap. I am an elder here at Stonebridge Church. Uh, I'll be walking you through 1 Thessalonians 5.18. Um, you may have not met me yet, but just to let you know that I have other people and other family members here at church. You may have already met my wife, Stacy. Yes, the rumors are true. She's as awesome as you've heard. I married up. The end. Let's move on. And then my daughter, Maddie, who's on worship, my other daughter, Mackenzie, who is like a child whisperer. She's awesome in D6. And Riley, who is nine, and he is the guy, the little kid you saw that looked like he had sugar this morning and was running through the sanctuary. So that is my family and my introduction. So welcome here this morning. Um, I got a sermon here that we're going to be walking through First Thessalonians, Thessalonians, but I'm going to start here actually going to Turkey. So... For those that don't know, here at Stonebridge, we sponsor a mission team in Turkey. And if you've been watching the news, you know what's going on over there right now. And one of the things you may notice out there on our missions board is the Olsons, who have been here before and have spoken and, and met you and thanked you and thanked us as a church for sponsoring them. But if you're, who here's on their newsletter? A couple of you, okay. So if you want to get on their newsletter, the card over there, on the missions board or out in the lobby has their email address. You can sign up and get these updates. And they are great updates. And it shows you what God's doing in Turkey with their efforts. But one of the few things I wanted to mention here is this email went out uh, February 10th, so just a few days ago. And since that time, I will update you on, on some of the things you've seen. But uh, for those that may not know, a 7.8 and 7.6 earthquake hit Turkey. The affected area is the equivalent from the distance here in the U.S. from Philadelphia to Boston. 75,000 quake victims have been evacuated from the quake zone in southern Turkey. More than 121,000 are involved in rescue and relief efforts night and day, 24-7. So far, and this is just a few days ago, 23,425 souls have passed away. That is now over 30,000 in latest news reports. 85,000 have been injured. That's also gone up. And their network of Christian churches is so small in Turkey that they are not in the zone, but they are affected by the zone with their people in their church and people they've missioned with and, mission, and, and their small church network they have. And in fact, there is a story at the very end of this update, unfortunately and gracefully, that there is a story of a pastor and his wife that did not survive, but their son did, relatively unharmed for the rubble who is now being welcomed by their church family now that they have gone home. So I'd just like to lead us in a prayer for them in a moment to start, but then also, too, if you're not on the updates, please get on the updates. The Olsons are great people. they got a great sense of humor. Um, it's them and their three kids over there, uh, and, and they are doing wonderful things with us here at Stonebridge and their support. So um, I'll lead us in prayer real quick. Lord, pray not just for the Olsons and their church, but pray for, for everyone, whether believer or not, the impact they're going through, the family they've lost, the friends they've lost, the, the suffering they're going through. Thankfulness for those that have survived, thankful for those that have suffering has ended, and, and just continue to pray for them and give them strength and love to worship you 
and extend your grace to everyone and help them heal and recover as only you can. Amen. So, 1 Thessalonians 5.18. So, I struggle with this a little bit. Ironically, anyone that's known me, I usually talk a lot. But Thessalonians 5.18 is just one verse. Give thanks in everything is our focus today. So, it may shock you as some, maybe not some others, as well as you may know me, but for example, I agreed to give today's sermon weeks ago without realizing what date this was. Yes, this special date that you probably have already marked in your calendar all year and is already there thinking what's after service, thinking of the food, thinking of the fun, thinking of the friends. After a year of waiting, watching, scouting the best combinations, considering your favorites going head to head, many of you might have already have your minds wandering until the fun afterwards. Please keep your focus here for the next 27 minutes. All right, this is important. I'm going to be honest with you. There are two great options today. I promise, Matt, there's going to be no mention of what actually is happening today, but I can't help myself. And I just want to say, have a great 2023 Super Chicken Wing Day. <laughs> yes, this is a real thing. Google it after you're out of service. You, didn't, you thought it was going somewhere else, didn't you? Yeah, it's 2023 Super Chicken Wing Day. All right? All right. Now, we've had some grace, and we've had some humor, and we're going to dive into 1 Thessalonians, but um, turn to 1 Thessalonians 5.18, turn on your Bibles, on your phones, open your books, but we're going to see this, and we're going to start here. Give thanks in everything, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Now, we see versions of this probably throughout your day in your normal life variations of it, maybe the whole thing, but pieces of it day in and day out. And the reason I say that is, give thanks in everything, but often this is far easier said than done. You see it on coffee mugs, you see it on signs at homes, you see it on, on printed things on social media. Give thanks in everything. Show of hands, how easy to do that day in and day out. It's hard. Especially these past couple years when everything from social and economic unrest to a pandemic to warfare in Eastern Europe to the, to the situation in Turkey we just talked and prayed about. Sure, on a day-to-day -day basis, we're grateful for the everyday things in our lives, our health, our family, our, the very breath in our lungs, the, the glorious day that we see here today on Sunday. It's warm, it's sunny, it, the snow is melting on a February day in Iowa. We're thankful for it. But how do we honor the words of Paul in 1 Thessalonians 5.18 to give thanks in everything when so much hardship surrounds us? All the hardship we see here in your everyday to day lives, the hardship you see on the news. Remember the context that Paul is writing this scripture. He is on a mission trip, spreading the gospel and planting churches, working back-breaking labor day in and day out to fund his gospel ministry. What we need to do, and what is the hardest to do, is to give thanks in these times of trials. Paul is facing opposition and physical threats from the Jewish synagogues, the local Roman officials, pagan churches, religious leaders, and town after town for upending the status quo and changing their lives forever. He was not always welcomed with open, open arms. Early Christian churches faced the same even when the original apostles that spread the message to their communities then moved on and were called to other areas to spread the gospel. So again, these letters, these teachings that we're going through with Paul and 1 Thessalonians and others are the actual historical record of scripture, of churches and everyday struggles and Christians faced that are so relevant to us today. 
So we're gonna go through some slides. I'm gonna read some scripture here. But the key thing here is this. Keep this in mind as we're going through. Christ's payment of our sins on the cross cleared our record. Paid our way to heaven, cleared the ledger in faith in the end of our earthly mission here. We cannot do that alone. Only through him can, can we do it. But what it doesn't promise us in this earthly mission, and this is equally important, is that this earthly mission will be free of struggle, pain, and trials. Thankfulness and giving thanks day in and day out is one of the biggest struggles you will face as a believer in Christ. You will face it and be cited in different variations throughout the Bible. You will see it again and again and again of the struggle to be thankful in times of adversity. But being thankful is at the core of being a believer because, again, Christ on the cross paid our debt. We're here for his mission. We're here to spread the gospel. We're here to do the works that he has laid us out to do. And it is to be thankful that he has given us this opportunity. So we'll go through the slides here. 2 Corinthians 4.16. Therefore, we do not give up, even though our outer person is being destroyed. Our inner person is being renewed day by day. How many of you feel day in and day out that it's a struggle to get up to continue the next day? From the hands of childs, I tell you that. Now, consider this. How many of you get up every day and pray and give thanks that you have been graced with another day to spread his word here on earth? You should. And even if you don't do it physically by word of mouth, you do it by your actions. The kindness you show someone at the gas station could lead them to a whole other day of, of joy that you may not even realize because of your actions. 1 Peter 1, 5 through 6, you are being guarded by God's power through faith for a salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. You rejoice in this, even though now for a short time, if necessary, you suffer grief and various trials. Again, our earthly mission here is not free of trials and pain and suffering, but it is an earthly mission given to us to spread his word. Philippians 4, 8, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any moral excellence and if there is anything praiseworthy, dwell on these things. We talked about Turkey and the pain and the suffering they're going through, but we also talked about how the Christians in the Olson's church and the network they are leaving or they're living through right now is reaching out in the devastation to pull people and back in and give them grace and give them shelter in the cold depths of winter. An opportunity presented itself even in the pain and suffering, and they are participating in that effort. Second Corinthians twelve ten. So I take place in weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and in difficulties. For the sake of Christ, for when I am weak, then I am strong. Ephesians 1.16, I never stop giving thanks for you as I remember you in my prayers. Colossians 1.3, we always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. Powerful words that show you day in and day out what you should be doing when you're facing the struggles. Being thankful. I, I, I struggle with this. Matt touched on it a little bit. But the thing about this is, and something to keep in mind, is that we need to develop a habit of trusting God 
especially in our trials, because even in our successes, and to thank him for the opportunity to see him work in our times of need. A habit is something that we do, you might not even consider normal. You know, it, it, it's just a reflex. You get up, you turn on the radio. You get in your car, you turn on the heater. You get up in the morning, you make your coffee. I make a lot of coffee. Shh. Mackenzie does not drink more coffee than your dad. What I'm telling you here is that the habits that we should be doing, the habits that we should be focusing on, should become reflexes. Give thanks that you're up in the morning. Give thanks that you're facing the cold. Give thanks that you're digging out your car out of the ditch, that because you are helping get the car to get to work to provide for your family. All those things are things to be thankful for day in and day out. Face the adversity with thankfulness. But it's easier said than done. And I say that knowing, because knowing myself, I have gone through the same things in my life. It is easier said than done to be thankful in times of trial. How do you give thanks when a cherished loved one passes away? How do you give thanks when you lose your job that provides for your family? How do you give thanks when a close friend you've known for years turns to drugs and becomes someone completely different? How do you give thanks when you get that final diagnosis and there are no more medical options? Again, be thankful. A loved one passes away, they've gone home. When you lose a job that provides for your family, God will provide another one. Maybe a better one. Maybe a trial that you're going through. You don't even realize you're going to this job to, to reach out through the gospel, to reach out people that are non-believers, and then get even a better job to re, as the next step in your grace. You don't know. You see a close friend turn to drugs? That's a struggle. But reaching out to them, pull them back, may pull two more with them when they come back to you. And then the final diagnosis and no more medical options. You're going home and you're going to be free, and you're going to be in his glory. That's being thankful. So back to 1 Thessalonians 5.18. Give thanks in everything, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Show of hands, how many of you have been known to be thankful for the bad things that happened to you? One, two, three, four. I'm seeing more kind of hands go up like this, just a little short like, yes, yep, yep. Thank you, Zach. Yeah, right there. I, I struggle with this because one of the things, and Matt mentioned it last week, is the struggles of being thankful even in times of trial. I bounce back and forth. But what is special about being joyful and thankful and attitude of heart in the scriptures continually emphasize even these such trials? For what I want us to think about a little, few minutes this morning and later today and when you go home and later this week and even later this year, maybe out of the blue, I want you to think about how to be thankful when you are struggling and facing adversity and what God has given you as an opportunity that you may not even know. Because no matter what the circumstances are in your life, we can always count on God to be with us, on Christ having paid our debt on the cross to give us a path to heaven. We may not know it. We may not know the context of it. And I, I sometimes relate it to a GPS system. Most times, granted, GPS is supposed to show you where to get to point A to point B in the shortest time possible, right? 
God doesn't work that way. My straight and narrow path that I want to take is probably not the path that he's laid out for me. He'll lead me from point A to point D to point Z, back to point M, back to point P, then take me all the way back to where I was supposed to, where I wanted to go to begin with. But the path along the way is the path that he wanted, so I should be thankful for the opportunity. Christ has shown us these paths in the strangest ways possible, but they're still gifts. Circumstances change, but God's presence is constant. There's a, there's a well-known painting. How many of you might have seen it? But a painting or a picture of footprints in the sand, a single pair of footprints, getting a lot of head nods. You may have seen it in your, your churches in the past or fellow believers over the years, but it's a set of footprints, and it's relating a, fic- a fictional conversation between an angry person and God. And the conversation is, is this person having the audacity to accuse God of not doing what was promised? Here. So this is him talking to God. He noticed that many times along the path of his life, there was only one set of footprints. The very lowest and saddest times in his life. And he in anger said, Lord, you said that once I decided to follow you, you would walk with me all the way. I don't understand why, when I needed you the most, you would leave me. And the Lord replied, My precious child, I love you and would never leave you. During your times of trial and suffering, when you see only one set of footprints, that is when I carried you. Therefore, again, we needed to develop the habit and the trust that God has got this, and we should be thankful for it. Good or bad, every adversity we face, God has got this, and that trust gets you through the next day. So, I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I'm going to use a movie reference. All right? Now, a movie reference here at Stonebridge is famous for one of two things. Either people know about it or people don't, and then it gets really awkward. All right? For anyone that wants to know the awkward setting, please see Pastor Matt after the service. All right? Now, 50-50 chance, don't make this awkward for me because I want to be thankful. How many of you have heard of the movie Cinderella Man? Oh, thank you, God. Whole room of hands went up. Anyone that's listening here today, I promise you, a bunch of hands went up. So, Cinderella Man. Okay, this movie is one of my favorite sports films because it's, it's based on a true story and it's got athletic parts and it has parts of humanity and faith sprinkled all the way through it if you look hard enough, all right? So, Cinderella Man is a movie with Russell Crowe and Renee Zellweger and it's based on the story of a boxer who lived during the Great Depression, all right? And it starts with a movie of a boxer at Madison Square Garden, knocks a guy out in the first round, gets a big lump of money, goes home to his nice house, his wife, his kids, he's blessed, he's living the good life, everything is good. And it fades to black within like 15 minutes. And when, the, and when it comes back, they're in a rundown slum in the city with no food, and it's so bad that the milk that they put, the container they put out to fill up with milk the next morning comes back with an overdue notice, they have to use water to create milk for their kids' breakfast. And we find that since the initial intro of the movie, James Braddock has lost everything. 
from Mattis, he broke his hand, he's no longer boxing, he can't, get, can't provide for his family, he can't find work, the heat is, gonna, is turned off, there's no food, families are struggling, they're seeing marriages implode. This is the depths of the Great Depression. Rock bottom, broken hands, no path forward. And you see that you think this is it, and that's rock bottom, gets even lower. It shows that they're at church celebrating birthdays with one birthday chocolate cake for the entire congregation of kids. The families are so destitute that they pull their money together to create one chocolate cake so every kid can get one piece of chocolate cake for their birthday. No matter what time of year it is, that one day is their birthday. And then God provides an opportunity out of the blue for James Braddock to face the number two contender for the heavyweight title in the world. And the reason he's chosen is because God has, this guy has been beat down so hard that no one takes him seriously anymore, and he's basically the chump to fill the ticket just so this guy can beat him, move on, and take on the heavyweight title the next, the next bout. That's it. He's literally so disrespected at this point because he has gone to everybody and asked for money to provide for his family to give heat. He has no money. He's working one day a week. He's on the soup lines. He has nothing. He's given this God-given opportunity, and he knocks the guy out. And he gets money to pay off his debts, and he's better off, and now things are moving, and now, he, and now he starts fighting more and more, and he's allowed back in the ring, and I won't ruin it for you. But by the end, he's facing the champion who has killed two men in the ring. And his wife is pleading with him not to do it. She doesn't want to lose him. And his response is, when he's asked by a reporter why he's willing to do this, he says, milk. He's literally fighting for his family in the ring and taking the hits because that is what he can do to provide for his family and those are the opportunities God has given him to do it. And he seizes the opportunity. And he has the faith in it. Now, later on, it shows that he was later serving in World War II. He helped build bridges. He was well-known and respected in the community. He helped relief agencies. This man went on to give back everything tenfold to his community and church and families. But he had to be beaten down to the very bottom that you could imagine to appreciate where, what he had and what he still had. He still had his wife, he still had his kids, he still had his faith, and he was given the opportunity to climb back up and provide for it all again. He was thankful. The more we develop a trust in our faith, the less the changing circumstances of our earthly will will affect our stability and our mental health. How many of you have turned on the news the past couple weeks and seen a balloon and freaked out that Canada just shot down a car? All right? How many of you have seen things on the news that makes you really anxious or on social media and things like that? It feeds the anxiety and everything else. Tune it out, because God is in control. It doesn't matter what the next talking head says on CNN or the next talking head says on Fox News. God is in control, and you need to be thankful for it. I promise you I would walk out this door, and a balloon drops down right in front of me, and I would say, God is in control. I'm good. Thanks. That is the kind of, that is the kind of attitude we have to have when facing adversity. 
the trust that you get in your next struggle is completely related to your trust in God and being thankful for it. Learning to be content no matter what is happening in our life helps us learn to be grateful in any situation you may face. That we are acknowledging that God will accomplish good purposes through my struggles, through the trials that he has put you through. Even if you can't see it, the bad circumstances in your life, God is working through you to do something else if you can just listen to it. And in other words, what I'm trying to tell you is, is that no matter what is happening in your life, we can be thankful if we can just listen and trust. For that reason, we are to give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus, 1 Thessalonians 5.18. How many of you have fear? All of you should be raising your hands. It's just not the day and age we live in. There is fear for our spouses when they go to work. There's fear for our kids when they go to school. There's fear for our friendships, our jobs, the things we see on the news. But while life has many challenges, we must not allow the fear to take hold of us because that is the crack in the armor that Satan will use against you. The armor that God provides us to trust in him that he's got this, and that gives us the armor to get through another day. Because we find God's peace even in the storms we face, instead of being overwhelmed with worries, we receive God's peace each day through prayer and contentment if we would just listen. That we can truly say that the joy of the Lord is our strength, and that strength is in the means for his glory in our triumphs and our trials on the path that he has led for us on this earthly mission. And being thankful is what we should do. Now, I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying it's quick and it's painless. I'm saying it's a struggle day in and day out. I am living proof of that. I will be the first one to tell you. But every day I can learn to be thankful when I have a defeat or when I stumble and I don't get the job done for some reason or I face an adversity or a hill or something that I can't, I can't understand why I'm being put through it. I got to understand is that I don't have this. He has this. And by doing that, I know that I am being thankful and I am trusting him and that it will be okay. And that gives me the energy and strength for the next struggle. Now, what I want you to do here in the next week, and I promise you don't have to text me or email me or let me know or anything else, but what I want you to do in this next week when you're facing your next struggle is just turn to God and say thank you. That's it. Be thankful. And say, I trust you to show me what I should do. And then tell me how it goes. It could be like, oh, it got even worse. Been there. I will help you. I will walk you through it. I will help you. I will pray with you. I will, I will help be thankful with you of the opportunity that you have being there next Sunday with me and telling me this story. Because that is something to be thankful for as well when you get to come back the next Sunday and tell it and pray with us again on it. 
All right. I'm going to close this in prayer. And if anyone would like to talk to me afterwards about this, please, please see me because, again, there's struggles and things like that we're all going through. And we, we can always pray for each other and we can always be thankful for each other. Lord God, thank you for this. Thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for the ability to provide the mission that you have led, led for us, the mission that you've given us, the mission that we should be thankful for, even when we don't know the context, Lord. Because trusting you is the best way to achieve it, is the best way to be thankful for it, and is the best way to praise your glory. Amen.